listener exclusive. It is a Monday, June the 20th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And uh, it feels like mum and dad have gone out for the night and you and I have got the house to ourselves, even though podcast Mike is significantly younger than you or I. (laughs) Mm. <laughs> feels like the kids are in control now. <laughs> like, he's given us yeah, no, the, the keys no to the production Mike studio. Today. <laughs> you know what it is? I think we're without a regular coach. Yeah, the coach right. is out, you know, uh, medical conditions. Yeah. Like, he's been exposed to COVID. He hasn't really. He's actually just got a meeting with someone who's much more important than us. Yeah. Probably won a gold Logie last night, <laughs> I'm guessing. The, yeah. the person that he's decided he favours over us. So he's off uh, on other duties. We've got the assistant coach in. And you know what? We're, we're, you know, we're like GWS under McVeigh. Mm. We're just playing with freedom. We're the orange tsunami. We're, we're just taking it through the guts. We're taking risks. We're playing an exciting brand of uh, AFL adjacent commentary today. We should have swapped positions. I should have opened. Like, we to freshen things up. Just, you know, we're going to move the magnets around the board. I should have opened things up. Yeah. You should have come in with some, like, sound bites you've grabbed during the week just to see how it went. We should have some two guys, one cup magnets. Yeah. That's what we need. We need some magnets so we can shuffle the magnets around if the podcast is not working properly. Did you see there was a photo during the rounds, uh, this round, of a guy, I think who's at either Carlton, Richmond or the Saints. A Bali nightclub? No. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's pretty, pretty interesting photo of that guy. Now, there's a dude in the stands who'd brought his own magnet board to the uh, football. He was sitting behind the goals at one of the games mm. and he was obviously like just sort of keeping track of the positional changes by bringing yeah. his own, not like an oversized whiteboard, but like a little portable, mm. like they, they take out at quarter time. He had his own magnet. Like a travel a travel scrabble version yeah. of coaching your team. <laughs> Which, like you know, each to their own, you know. But I, yeah. uh, but what is the, uh, what is the thinking behind that? Is like I want to keep track of positional changes that are happening in the game, and the only way I can do that is to physically move the magnets around the board myself. I mean, I think there's some value in it, right? If you're at the game, because the only time you really see the players line up in any sort of positions is at the six six six, the centre bounce, the you know, the rule change of the devil, the 666. Yeah. <laughs> when when Gil made a deal with Satan to uh, save the AFL during COVID, he had to bring in the 666 rule. <laughs> and so obviously when they go back to the devil's starting positions, this guy gets his magnets, yeah. I imagine, and he like puts all the magnets in like, okay, Bontempelli is pa- playing on like... Um, let's say that Bontempelli is playing on Callan Ward, for example. So I'll put those two next to each other. So then when I see Bontempelli down the field, I can look for where Callan Ward is, is meant to be at the same time, I guess, right? Yeah, I guess. But I don't, my understanding is that like positions don't mean shit anymore. Like it's kind mm. of a throwback to a different time. Like when you and I mm. played junior footy, yeah, we had to be given positions because that's how kids learn about football. But now it feels like, yeah, the 666, but then from the bounce, it just completely switches to zones and man-on-man and rolling scrums yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But not to this guy. No. 
This guy, this guy's ready. Yeah. This guy, this guy listened to one insane clown posse song and was like, I got to get myself some magnets. I don't care how they work. I need to have them. Maybe it's the equivalent of, so obviously when people go to the football, often they will wear the, the jumper of the player that they most admire, mm. right? You'll have your favorite player's number on your back. Some people go a step further than that. They like, say they love Sam Draper you'll notice that they're not only just wearing Sam Draper's number, but they've cut their hair into some sort of Sam Draper style mullet. And they've like, they essentially are just like, if Sam Draper needs a stunt double at any stage, I am ready to like to step in for Sam Draper. Maybe this guy, just a big fan of the coaches. The coaches. You know what I mean? Like that's, he goes, I, I love the game, but to be honest, my favorite bit is the coaches. I just love seeing them shuffling those magnets around and I just want to be there in the outer giving a shout out to the coaches out there doing their job. I guess it's no different to someone going to see Star Wars and taking in a toy lightsaber. You know what I mean? Mm. It's the same thing. They're cos he's cosplaying as an assistant coach. <laughs> Right, yeah. You're not actually going to get involved in one of the lightsaber battles. At the end, Darth Vader's not going to strike down Luke Skywalker and then point to you sitting in row 3A and go, you're next, buddy. Yeah. Get that lightsaber ready. You're next. Well, I think on Friday night, uh, there's a fair few people cosplaying as St. Kilda footballers mm. because oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure if you saw You're St. killing me. Oh, I, I feel bad too because... We've been doing this thing in our tips. We do Instagram tips every Thursday, if we remember, mm. uh, which I did not no. remember on Thursday. And <laughs> Neither uh, did I, to be honest, until about a minute no. after five. Because normally if one of us remembers, they alert the other one and then we both kind of remember. <laughs> yeah, but right. you remembered so late that you alerted me so late that by the time I saw my phone, I was like, oh, yeah, I did have to do that today. <laughs> but the way that the Instagram tips have been going is every week you've been doing the you know, Will Anderson of uh, 2021 approach, yep. which is the danger, danger game. game. This is a danger game. Here are all the reasons St Kilda will lose. And I've been leaning into the opposite, which is to say St Kilda a certainty and they are my lock of the week. That has been the pattern that has been followed for the last few weeks. And it's been a very successful pattern for the St Kilda Football Club. Mm. And then I forgot that we had to do our tips on Thursday and it's all fallen apart. I'm yeah. not saying that's I'm not saying that's the direct reason, but like I mean, that's the sort of evidence that anti vaxxers will put together oh, things to make sure that I take the vaccine. So that's it. Absolutely. Like I like I am I inject myself as the mm. key principal player in all of these losses. And mm. I even did the I connected the red string in that our loss against Melbourne. Prior to losing to Melbourne, we lost to Port Adelaide, but before the Port Adelaide game, I was so certain that we were going to have a win that I booked flights to Melbourne to take on, to so I could go see the Saints take on the Demons. Because in my head, we'll beat Port Adelaide. You know, we're going in to take on Melbourne. We've only lost one game. It's going to be like the battle, top of the table battle. And then we all know how that played out. You know, we lost to Melbourne as well. Now, last week, I'm like, well, the Saints are playing in Sydney and it's only a short flight to Sydney. I'd love to see them play in the Pride game. So I booked my flights to Sydney three days before we played the Bombers and the same fucking thing happened. So clearly, it's my fault. Anytime I get ahead of myself, I'm not taking it one week at a time. I'm like, we just need to get over this easy beat, Dame, and then I can get to the game I really want to get to. So yeah, now you I'm just... know what I don't have pride in, St Kilda? <laughs> the way you performed against the Bombers. Uh, no pride there. I actually, like, it, it was weird. I went to, I mean, and this is judging from what I've read online, a lot of Saints fans, like, it's weird. The sky is falling, according to Saints fans. And I'm like, all right, look, you know, we, we lost a game that we should have won. I understand that. That happens all year. Like, I don't necessarily know uh, that the sky is falling, but it felt 
awful because we do have a hard run coming up. And this is a, we just wanted to relax. We just wanted to have one game where you could just sit back and get six goals up at quarter time and just relax. And it was not that. And it's perfectly set up for a St. Killing Me moment because it was a chance to go top four. It was obviously Spud's game. Uh, you know, not only is it we have not won, it's been going for two years now. We've no, never won a Spuds game. We don't win testimonial matches. If it's someone's too You don't, you, yeah. Any time <laughs> that you're meant to give a shit about somebody, St Kilda does not give a shit. Absolutely. Like, I mean, you would like to think is that, that what they do is they spend all their emotional energy during the week, that it's such a big deal that they immerse themselves in the culture of Danny Frawley and remembering him and his legacy and what it's meant to be all about. And then they deliberately test the mental health of their supporters. Oh, the irony, Will. I can't tell you. I actually had like a panic attack at two in the morning on Saturday yeah. morning. This after, is not what Daddy would have wanted. After watching that game, I went to bed so distressed that I woke up at 2 a.m. and my heart was pounding and I was like, uh, was that a dream or a nightmare? Oh, my God, no, it was uh, real. <laughs> like, it was real. We actually squandered that top four opportunity. And everyone, like, messaged me, obviously, with a St. Killing Me. But I think a bigger St. Killing Me moment could be coming because this is just a precursor. We've gone into the bye at eight and three. Mm-hmm. There is a chance <laughs> that we could not make the finals from here, <laughs> which would be your St. Killing Me. It would be the biggest St. Killing Me moment and not entirely unexpected. I think in 2017 or one of those years, we went in at seven, four and we didn't make finals. So like we have, there's a precedent for this, but well, it wasn't just St Kilda who was struggling on Friday night. I watched a, the whole pre-game with Gary Lyon, uh, Brownie and Nick Revolt and just listen to the trouble they get themselves in confusing Ben Rutten and Brett Ratten. She's with Ben Rutten on this, uh, sorry, with Brett Ratten on this very, very big night for the Saints. Then we spoke to Brett Ratten, uh, well, Ben Rutten, um, sorry. I think speaking to Ben, <laughs> sorry, Brett Ratten at the start of the year, it's getting confusing, isn't it, between <laughs> yeah, Ben Rutten and Brett Ratten. We're all having all problems. three of us have done it. <laughs> We've done it. But he was... <laughs> Wait until they find out about John John Longmire and Justin Longmuir. I mean, <laughs> They're really going to lose their minds. Dennis Pagan and Chris Fagan. So, like, I, I can't really hold it against them. Yeah, but I would have thought your pregame on Fox Footy should be held to higher standards <laughs> than two two guys, one cup, and AFL adjacent <laughs> podcasts. And I, they're sounding pretty similar at the moment. That's my problem. Do you think it's the equivalent of like? You know, uh, when someone like you miss the first three shots on goal and then the pressure yeah. builds. So like Gary Lyon head. stuffs it yeah. up and then it gets inside like Nick Revolt's head yeah. and then it gets inside Brownie. I mean, Brownie out of all three of them, I'm like, I don't I don't get mad when Brownie mucks up a name. Like, I feel like he's had enough head knocks. that You sort of got to forgive him for a, a couple of mistakes like that. Also, in a general way, I think there's this some ins- primal instinctive survival mechanism that knows in the laws of the jungle that when you see someone like a Jonathan Brown, we as weaklings should not make fun of him. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Instinctively, regardless of what he does, there is a part of us that's like, yeah, boss, you're right. <laughs> you know what? He should change his fucking name. It is too confusing. <laughs> Um, can I say on the uh, when you're talking about you know superstitions and yeah. how you get in your own head about superstitions? So I have now enough evidence for one of mine for this season, oh, yeah, which is because you know that I started slow with the footy this year, didn't watch a lot of footy at all, and you also know about me that I don't love watching the Bulldogs play live. Normally, I'll just let the game happen and then I'll go and watch the replay, but. There's been a few times this year where the only opportunity that I would have to see the Bulldogs game has been 
when the Bulldogs game was happening or it was the only game of football on and I wanted to watch the football. So uh, Saturday night being a good example of that. Like that's the sort of game that I normally would have been like, nah, this is, I'm too nervous about this. Just can let's I, let it play it out. Yeah, go can on. Can I ask, do you, do you check in or do you like, do you just wait till the end and then check the final score? Oh, no, no, I'll check in. Yeah. I'll be curious. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's been, I think, four, maybe five times this year that I've ended up watching the Bulldogs live. Right. And in each of those games, they have won. I have not seen the Bulldogs play live this season and not see them win. Right. And so now I feel like... They're relying on me. I feel like I haven't been. I haven't been there for them, and for the rest of the season, I'm really going to have to carve out some time to sit there and put myself through it. Well, yours is the opposite. Like mine is, as soon as I want to be present and give the Saints my full undivided attention, they fucking lose. Whereas yours is like, no, you have to give them the full. And I need to go into like some kind of like a uh, 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 sensory deprivation tank for the rest of the season. Like, I mean, if that was the devil's bargain that was presented to me, the Saints will win the flag, but you cannot yeah. see any of it live. Like you can come mm. out in October and then we'll give you like, you know, uh, you can watch this, all the streaming and, and see them win the grand final, all the finals in the final, grand final. Would you do it? I'd, I'd be tempted to say yes. Oh, man, I'd be tempted to say yes just for the break in sensory deprivation. <laughs> I don't <laughs> So I gotta be honest with you, mate. If you can handle my shit for a few months while I'm in sensory deprivation, I'm just happy to take that, regardless of the footy result. Well, you know who I need to get some sensory deprivation from is uh, Cameron Ling. He is on oh, his yeah. uh, bullshit again. I'm not sure. What's going on with? I him? do not know. Like there is, is Cameron a... Ling. Okay, I am worried about Cameron Ling. I think this is the untold story of this season. Is this heel turn that Cameron Ling is taking? It's a shift in his in his branding, and so this is what he had to say about a potential Tasmanian team. Al, we will hold the discussion on uh, Tasmania and a nineteenth team and the depth of talent in Australia for another week. I, I promise. It's we there, have, Lingy. It's we there. Can, we can have that. Have you seen some of the players running around for North Melbourne and West Coast? <laughs> I don't think there. It is there, but don't. We're not. We won't have that debate just yet. So. Cameron Ling not only saying there's uh, no cause for Tasmanian team, but also taking pot shots at North and West Coast as well. And I don't know that I like this heel turn. It does a it rings very hollow. I mean, we it doesn't make because firstly, it doesn't make sense, mate. Yeah. You're from Geelong. Yeah. Geelong is basically fucking Tasmania. So stop like pretending that it's like literally the same appeal of a Tasmanian team would be the appeal of the Geelong team. You know how Geelong's become a destination club because you can live a little out of the football spotlight and you can like buy an extra piece of land. You can maybe live near the beach, that yeah. sort of thing. It's a bit colder in Tassie, but. Yeah, climate change is going to take care of that in the next few years, so that'll be fine. But also, if you just want a quiet lifestyle where you can, like, be in the outdoors and, like, live in this sort of community and be... It's basically, like, basically fucking... Hobart is, like, eastern Geelong. Mm. Like, so, Lingy shouldn't be on his high horse about that. Secondly, West Coast, like... They played AF like you know next level players in the AFL, mm. and yeah, they weren't absolutely competitive. But nobody's thinking about bringing in a team of next level players. Yeah. Like you know, every team would lose a good player, and that would fucking suck. Like we would all hate that. And then they'd have a next level of players. You see from the mid season draft how some of those guys have come in as ready made AFL players. That there absolutely is that next level there. And if there's not, 
in a national game, if we can't de be developing enough new talent for there to be one more team in this competition, then that is a problem with the fucking talent system that the in Australian football. That is not a pr problem with a 19th team. Is, is but anyway, I don't want I don't want to be mad at Lingy like this, Charlie. <laughs> this is I just want to love Lingy. I just want to be like, ah, oh, look at you, marriage along, Lingy. Well, like Kane, Kane was back on his normal bullshit, which is you know yeah. I, it's unsurprising at this stage. Like I actually I even got got a soundbite, but I'm going to refuse to play it. I, I, I grabbed the soundbite, but I'm like, I don't want to play. It was him literally provoking Collingwood supporters about the whole Dugowie thing. He he went on his show on SEN and and pretty much said to them, come at me. Like, I, I'm obviously lacking uh, clicks this week, so come at me, come at me. But one thing I noticed about Kane this week mm. is that he, I think he definitely searches his own name on Twitter because there's a Saints fan account called Saints TV, which have like a YouTube channel and obviously like Twitter and Instagram. And they, uh, Kane said last week, oh, the Saints are vulnerable in the eight. And the Saints TV uh, account said, hey, come on, Lingy. Like, you know, we lost one game to, uh, you know, to Brisbane. I hardly think we're going to fall off a cliff. And then we lost to Essendon. So five days later. And mm. then who's the first person in their mentions? <laughs> but fucking Kane Corns. Like he waited yeah. five days. He's to got search. a list. And this is not like, you know, the Saints yeah. TV account have maybe like 3,000 followers. Yeah. It's not a big account. But he yeah. kept a mental check mark and was like, I'm going to go back in. And he just did yeah. the eye raise emoji as if like, mm, like you want something you want to say to Kane? <laughs> that, like that's Kane Corns equivalent of John Wick. Yeah. Like, you know, every motherfucker who killed his dog and stole his car, he is going to hunt down and repay. But it was a big week for Kane because Kane went the hardest on Jordan Dugowie should not be going to Bali. Mm. And like, and we were all like, yeah, okay, well, fair enough. Typical Kane Corns take yeah. on this. Hot Absolutely unsurprising that that's what uh, Kane Corns would think. And I've got to be honest with you, I had some sympathy with Kane Corns' position on that one. I was like, does not seem like the smartest of all moves for Jordan to go in. You'll be going to Bali mid-season. But you know what? Maybe it'll all work out fine. Well, spoilers, guys, if you've been saving your AFL news to binge this weekend, uh, it did not work out fine. Um, there was some footage out of a, a Bali nightclub. And I don't, I don't care about going into the footage itself, but that is... That paid off for Kane, mm. like big time. Oh, he, like he, had he a, took a victory he had a, lap. Don't worry about that. Like, <laughs> but a deserved victory lap because never has someone called something and it then paid off in like such – like, I mean, Dugowie must have gone straight to the nightclub from the fucking plane. Like, that was the biggest win of all time for Kane Corns. Yeah, but the thing that I – the commentary around him being right was all those people going, oh, you called it, Kane, you're a crystal ball. It's like mm. – Dugowie getting into trouble mm. in Bali is the least yeah. surprising thing to have happened. Like, anyone could yeah. have called that. Like, Not if I had odds. known that Dugowie yeah. had gone to Bali, I could have made the same prediction. That's true. If you were like, Alex Rance is going to get in trouble in a Tibetan, Tibetan monastery, yeah. you'd be like, okay, well, that's 200 to 1. I'll give you 200 to 1. But I'm giving you 3 to 1 on Jordi Dugowie in the Bali nightclub. Now, speaking of um, brand repositionings, uh, we mm. played a clip of uh, uh, Jared um, a few weeks ago, uh, 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 Jared Waitley trying his best cane corns. And I think that didn't quite work. So he's gone a bit harder on his SEN show. Just have a listen to what he's okay. trying here. 
The round 13 means test. Here was I thinking that the images of yesterday were going to be Terry Danaher's fake tan and Hamish Blake's nipples, but there was Maynard and Cox and my check, David King, in a result that's got ramifications. Can you say nipples on air? With being male, yes. Unlike you to be talking like this. Sort of hard to miss. No, I agree with Kingy there. Jared, this is very unlike you. I know you're talking about a man's nipples, but nip, male or female nipples, I don't feel comfortable with this new Jared Waitley. Like, what's gone? Lingy's gone. Kane, he's work. Jared's working blue. I'm not comfortable with this paradigm shift. Uh, are you talking about Jared Bloody Waitley? Yeah. The, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I love. The idea that in Jared's mind you could talk about men's nipples on air, but if they were women's nipples, that would be inappropriate. That's the bit of that grab that I love the most, where Kingy's like, can you say nipples on air? Firstly, Kingy, yes, of course you can say nipples on air. Can Jared say nipples on air? I guess we're all a little uncomfortable with that. But in a general sense, nipples is a term that you are absolutely allowed to use on air. The idea that in Jared's mind he was like, but I'm talking about men's nipples. So that's yeah. that's if I was talking about women's nipples, if I was like, yeah, you could really see Sonia Kruger's areola, <laughs> then just, perhaps just knowing how famously Jared prepares his segments, yes. the fact that he sat there with his notes for two hours before he went to air, and like I just love to see the paper where he had like nipples underlined. He had like you know a few references. He went to some philosophers and like well, who, who's had, who's had comments on nipples in the past? You know, he got the uh, he got the team at SEN to cut together a montage of nipples, famous nipples over the years. I think it's that it's Hamish Blake's nipples, right? Yeah, because. Hamish Blake is already, I mean, Gold Logie Award winning, we you know. acknowledge that, yes. Popular, you know, like entertainer. Like, a, you know, a super popular entertainer. So I think if you're going to wade into the area of mentioning somebody's nipples, this is as like, say, or Mick Malloy's nipples, right? Hamish Blake or Mick Malloy's nipples, absolutely appropriate. I'm going to say if it was anybody else's nipples, Jared wouldn't have said it. Right. I feel like he felt like that was like a safe comedic zone for him to... Yeah. You know, he's like, I don't... You know, I don't You're not going to comment on an Olympian's nipples. A comedian, no. it seems fair game. I mean, if you'd gone down no. the slide, I think he would have felt comfortable commenting on Will Anderson's nipples. Uh, right. <laughs> but how would that make you feel? If you were the... If, you, if they were your nipples being highlighted, how uh, would you feel? I mean, I'd be that my nipples would be wrapped for the attention. I'm not sure that anybody's paid them any attention ever, really. What if it was Robbo commenting on your nipples? Uh, How would you feel about that? Well, by the time he got to the fucking point, I would have left. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, can we go back to Thursday night with the yeah. Tigers beating Carlton? It must um, uh, must be stated, uh, mm-hmm. Carlton have been decimated by, by injury. So decimated. I don't know this is a full reflection. Listen to me defending Carlton. Who is this person on Two Guys One Cup? But the Tigers were very impressive. Will, big uh, two-word question, mm-hmm. Tigers back? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Are the Tigers back? I mean, the Tigers are roundabouts, aren't they? That, but that's where they are, I think. I don't know if they're fully back, but they're... I mean, there seems like there's a lot of teams that could damage other teams' hopes of winning the Premiership, and I'm not really sure anymore who's going to win the Premiership. 
Yeah. Like, you know, Melbourne's most likely, but Lee Montagna, did you I see saw. that he went... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he, he, he went with the idea that, that, Melbourne, that Melbourne. I think this is the caneification of AFL football commentary, though. I do feel like everybody feels like they have to. Kane's raised the stakes of hot takes, and mm. so everybody else feels like they have to raise their stakes as well. So Joey's rolled in with the idea that Melbourne could miss the eight, and I got to be honest. I, what a fun story that would be! <laughs> I think, oh, like, because you loved it. it that, that 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 was a story designed and targeted <laughs> to one person, you. Because, like, there's a fair chance the Bulldogs won't make the eight, which is disappointing. There's a still a chance we will, but there's a certainly a chance that we will not make the eight. But there seems like to to about like tenth or eleventh, there's a whole bunch of teams that you're like, I don't know if any of these teams could win it. But I know that most of these teams could, on their day, fuck fuck it up for somebody else. And yeah. Richmond, Richmond really feel like a fuck it up for somebody else team. Like that somebody could be flying through the finals and then just roll into Richmond and they will fuck up their whole plans. Well, because the, they seem to be the ones with the most confidence and experience mm. In that final system, like you, you, if you got Frio, you got Melbourne, you got St Kilda, you got Carlton. There's a lot of newbies in there, and even yeah. like as we know, the Bulldogs only really feel comfortable coming from the bottom half of the eight. Right. So well, good, good news, Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a bit of commentary though uh, that, uh, that I was sort of weighing up. Do we put this in the Brain Dwayne segment? But I think mm. I'll give it give it its own highlight. This is Hamish McLaughlin, who you might remember a few weeks ago. Um, got Nathan Jones to talk about uh, his experiences missing out on the grand final. Just decided to just kind of humiliate him live on air. I don't know how to describe this bit of audio, but basically Carlton had almost gone goalless to halftime, but then they ended up kicking a goal just before halftime. And this is Hamish's insight on that moment. They played 224 times before tonight. Never had the Blues gone to halftime without a goal. They won't tonight either. <laughs> <laughs> so his point is they've never gone in goalless at halftime and that also won't happen. So clearly he was like, oh, I've got this great stat. Yeah. I've got this great stat. I can't wait to bust Sorry, it out. And then the two best. minutes before four, halftime. This is the first time in like 200 odd guys. It's never happened before. Fuck you, Carlton. Fuck, Fuck you, you. I'm still going to use it. <laughs> I'm using it. But it's not as good. <laughs> well, why don't we... Uh, we'll move into the Brain Dwayne segment. Yeah, okay. We've been getting, like, inundated. It's really caught on the Brain Dwayne. We've had a lot of people hitting us up. Um, so I've got some. I've got an honourable mention here. This uh, came in okay. uh, from Ben Latham, a listener, who said, I've just uh, been watching the Swannies game, Swans Port, uh, Dwayne came out with an absolute beauty. He said, both teams are taking us down Quality Street. This was set at halftime siren, despite both teams ending the half with 10 behind straight and awful kicking. <laughs> and I went back and watched the highlights. That comment about Quality Street came just yeah. after Dan Houston missed a shot on goal directly in front. <laughs> and right. So I feel again like Dwayne had this comment locked and loaded, ready to go. And then like, oh, well, I'm going to say it regardless of what the game's like. <laughs> I feel like Dwayne is – sometimes I really do feel like he's just looking around for inspiration. Like, we, yeah, we noticed this a few weeks ago, which is he's just seen a bird snatch something out of the air and real a cat snatch a bird out of the air and just go, okay, well, this is, this is what I am fixated on for my commentary this week. I believe in the commentary box that day, somebody has brought in a box of uh, – 
quality, uh, quality streets, chocolates. Yeah, right. So <laughs> yeah, it's like he's saying it's like he, he usual suspects it. <laughs> yeah, he just that's right. Just looks around. <laughs> he just Kaiser Sozes it yeah. in the commentary box, and he's just like, "We're going down. Everything's coming up. Roses." So. <laughs> Uh, there was another uh, moment uh, with uh, uh, Jackson Mead did a rundown tackle on one of the Swans players, uh-huh. and uh, oh boy, Dwayne just couldn't wait to bust out this one. Oh, water caught by Jackson Mead. The need for the Mead speed, exactly why they brought him in. <laughs> oh. oh, Dwayne. <laughs> the need for Mead speed. <laughs> I mean, you know that he's gone and seen Top Gun. Like yeah. in the last week, made a little note and just been like, "All right, I'm who who who, who in the AFL that speed. I'm calling this weekend <laughs> rhymes with speed." But it was also, I think, he got his ass caught between two chairs, where it was like the need for Mead, but that yeah. does that quite doesn't quite encompass the what's happened here. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to throw the need for Mead speed, and then it sort of it undoes himself with two mats. You've much. either got to go, yeah. We I feel the need. The need for mead, yeah. fine, that's work. Or like, you know, uh, mead, mead brings speed, that's yeah. fine. But the fact that he's had to put the other one in, no good, Dwayne. Yeah, no good, no good. And while we're on the topic of commentary, uh, another thing that uh, I uh, caught my ears while I was listening, because mm-hmm. I was listening to the uh, uh, Triple M commentary of the Swans and Port. If you wanted to know what Triple M's philosophy uh, is mm-hmm. when it comes to commentary, it's basically bullying. Here's what JB and BT have to say about that. <laughs> Take a note to ask Johnny Blakey next time I see him how his son ended up with those weird-ass shoulders. <laughs> Is there anyone in his family that looks like that? Uh, couldn't be. It's impossible. If you're listening out there and you maybe have a son going to play footy at this level one day, make it not a Triple M game because you're, you're going to be attacked either over name, whatever it is. If you've got something different about you, aim on. <laughs> Isn't that a great message of inclusivity? If you've got something different about you. Something different. And what we mean by that is, like, because everyone has something different about them. So what is this baseline that we're coming from? But but that is my favourite thing about uh, Brian Taylor, that most of his commentary is around the idea of going, well, that's unusual. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's it. Like, everything's yeah. just, like, just pointing out things that are not quite normal and you're like okay brian thank you for that that's what the world's like uh, i mean my favorite brian thing mm. is the way he calls the movement of a ball depending mm. on mm. what ground when you're kicking for goal the movement of the ball depending on what ground you, you're at so you've got to kick it left to right you've got to kick it right to left and i'm gonna start like, this one at the left goal post yes right. <laughs> <laughs> i'm always fascinated by that when they're playing at marvel because yeah. I always assume like the wind plays a factor in that, yeah. but even at Marvel, he'll say, "Oh no, you've got to hang it out to the yeah. left goalpost, or hang it out to the right goalpost, and then it'll bit of right yeah. to left." And then if it doesn't move like that, he blames the player. The player, <laughs> like, yeah, it's the player's fault. <laughs> well, he didn't do it properly, did he? I told him what to do. Uh, so the Bulldogs, uh, you know, good about momentum going. Tim English, great game against the Giants at the weekend. But the big hey, issue is coming. Can I just yeah. quickly say on on the Bulldogs? that I believe this is the only way that we can win, which is we know that our back line gets scored against relentlessly. And there's just not, you look at our team and you just think there's not much we can do about that. And now we've lost Jure as well. Who's like a key. We've, we've just got to go with this area of scoring more points than the opposition. 
It's mm. the only way that the Bulldogs, I think, can win. If we rely on the idea that we're going to defend our way out of games and stuff, it's just not going to happen. So it was a super... I mean, it was the highest scoring game of the year. And it was super entertaining to watch. Like football, when basically you've just got... I mean, Toby Green kicked seven goals in a losing fucking team. He was amazing. (laughs) Was it seven or six goals? Seven. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, look, the the game itself had a lot of highlights. Uh, The one thing I want to talk about, though, is the crowd. (laughs) So I think the official number was 6,000 people at that game. And so I did a bit of reading about it. So the biggest crowd that the Giants have had this year was for the Battle of the Bridge. They had 25,000 for that. Um, They get bigger crowds at Canberra than they do at Giants Stadium, which Mm -hmm. I guess is because people can travel from Victoria. So if they're playing Victorian teams, you might get a bit of a boost there. Also, Um, I think Canberra are a sporting city. I know when I was living in Canberra, like if they have a team, like the Raiders have always been really well supported, but if they have a team in something, then I think they they go out to stuff. Plus, it's a smaller ground, obviously. Easier to fill up. Yeah. But do you think the time is right now mm-hmm. for the Giants to do another stunt recruit? Just like Israel Folau when they first came to the competition. Do they need something that will capture the hearts and minds of like uh, Sydney Rugby League mm-hmm. crowds? Yeah. Well, I, might, like, I think the problem is that Rugby League didn't really work out, did it? Like getting mm-hmm. Rugby League players over didn't work out. Oh, so yeah, no, is, I think we open up the, we open up yeah. the, we, we go to the world of celebrity. Well, that's what I was going to say. Sydney to me is much more a celebrity city. They don't give a shit really about like, so what we need, like who's a really popular Sydney celebrity? Um, they got to live in Sydney. I think they've got to live in Sydney or want to come back to Sydney. What about Russell Crowe? What I would say. Like Russell Crowe, I mean, you know, he's always photographed around Woolloomooloo, riding his bike around Centennial. Nah. You know? What you, I mean, he's got that Rabbitohs kind of connection, so maybe you drag over some Rabbitohs guys, you know, because because right. GWS are kind of underdogs as well, and the Rabbitohs were like True. the NRL's underdogs for a long time. Could you get? I mean, they are Rusty South on Sydney, board? but I reckon yeah, West Sydney, that's fine. I think you can get probably South Russell Crowe on board. So where, where do you play him? Full forward, I suppose. Do, oh, you're saying? You just... I, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> that's right. We're going to put him on the green. <laughs> no, I'm, no, he's in the team. Like he's <laughs> got to play. <laughs> this is part of it. Like. Where so, would he play? I'd put him in the yeah. guts. I think he's got like Callum Ward kind of, you right. know, he's a stocky kind of dude. Like I reckon just yeah. put him in the guts. He's, I don't think he's, well, then again, he's not doing much running, is he? So yeah. maybe out of the goal square. And I think he still likes to get in the darts. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to blow up his lungs. <laughs> but like, I like the idea that, you know, sometimes they'll get him on the exercise bikes, like on the mm. sidelines when they're waiting to get back on. And he could just be on his like normal bike that he rolls around Sydney on, just smoking a dart, yeah. <laughs> like having a break on the sidelines. And he can get toe fog mm. back together and they can re-record oh, yeah. the big, big sound. Like, oh, that's like actually, a- okay, that's pretty good. And you know what? Like he could he'd be very good at your sort of speeches pre-game. Like, I mean, that's your sort of, you know, your gladiator style. That fits very well in that sporting environment with having somebody and talking about Amazon, like a bit of pull power for your Amazon documentary. I mean, obviously they followed the story of GWS last time, you know, but imagine if suddenly now you've got the star power Russell Crowe playing at full forward. I mean, with the rest of that list demographic, right, with all those gun younger players, I reckon Russell Crowe would kick a goal a game. I reckon you could get you could manufacture a goal a game. 
by Russell Crowe, even at his age and his weight and the fact that he's never played AFL football, <laughs> I re- reckon that we could get him a goal again. Uh, all right, well, it's time for everyone's favourite segment. Whether it's Jake Lloyd or Tony Lockett, it's time for Pocket Profile Pocket. Uh, Will, uh, uh, Two Guys, One Cup favourite, someone we've talked about extensively. We even came up with a song for this gentleman. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, Stephen Cornelio. No, it's Two Metre Peter. Peter Wright. Oh, okay. Well, now, song is being generous, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> now, I really... There's one answer in this entire profile that I'm fascinated by, and it's the whole okay. reason I selected Peter Wright for this week. So I feel like we can almost whip through the opening questions. Now, I don't really this care. Essendon, Peter Wright? Now, is this, this, this like Essendon, a recent... Yeah, okay. yeah, this All is right. from this year. Um, okay, so uh, he's not listed anywhere in this profile as mm. two-meter Peter. It's just Peter Wright. Okay. Uh, what is Peter Wright's favorite non-AFL sporting team? Uh, you know what? I, I don't like it. I don't like how you're saying that. I just want you to say, even though it never says two meter Peter, could you <laughs> okay, please refer to him as two meter Peter? Yeah. Okay, I will. Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> the question, the one question and answer I want to get to relates yeah. to two meter Peter. So, okay, that's fine. Okay. Two meter right. Peter. What's his yeah. favorite non FA, non AFL sporting team? It's an NFL team. Ah, all right. Okay. The LA Rams. No. All right. Uh, um, they have it. a color. Yeah, they have colour in their name. Oh, the Cleveland Browns. No. <laughs> the colour's green. Uh, the Green Bay Packers. Correct. Does he go to AFL games when his team is not playing? And this is kind of a ambiguous answer. Oh. None of your fucking business. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Now, here's a question that I think probably relates specifically to someone okay. like him. Should the centre bounce be retained? Mm, interesting with two-metre Peter. Exactly. Um, no. Oh, he says yes. Oh, interesting. Okay. What is his non-football wish for 2022? Um, now, mm. I, I'll give you a clue. Uh, I'd say I wish that I, I wish I was a little bit taller. <laughs> Australia <laughs> is probably well set up to um, combat this oh, but yeah. other countries like say America probably mm-hmm. are not okay he'd like to do a school shooting <laughs> no no he has a non-football wish for 2022 he wants um, he doesn't want any more variations on this thing uh, yeah okay um, it, uh, he doesn't want any more variations on something that would um, be okay in Australia. Has done quite well at ensuring that perhaps we... I mean, there's no guarantees we have, but... Oh, okay. So no more COVID or... No more like COVID, for COVID yeah. yeah, okay, good. All right, no more COVID variants. Well, I do think but... it's interesting too that he didn't just say no more COVID. He specifically mentioned... Yeah. No more variants. variants. I like yeah. the COVID that we have right now. Yeah. It's like no changes to the rules in the AFL and no changes to COVID. Can we just have one year where it's Omicron and it's still Omicron? I mean, do you think at Essendon there is some kind of resistance when, you know, everyone had to get vaccinated and you had to get yeah. vaccinated to play AFL? Do you think when it came to Essendon, they were like, oh, no, I know what happened last time you guys busted out the needles. <laughs> You know, fool me once, shame on me. I mean, no, shame on you. Oh, shame on someone. This is a honey trap. I understand what's going on. 
Uh, who rules the roost in his house? Now, mm-hmm. I'll tell you it's his dog. Okay. But I want you to guess the dog's name. All right. Um, it is a unit yeah. of measurement. Oh, okay. Um, is it... That also, that also plays for Fremantle. <laughs> <laughs> A unit of measurement that also plays for <laughs> Fremantle. Um, okay. Uh, I don't think that clue's helping me. So I'm just okay. going to say... Uh, distance? So short. Land short, size. Shorty. Um, uh, <laughs> miles. Miles. Uh, Wait, acres. Like, acres. Oh, acres. acres. Okay, <laughs> good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, he, where did he go to Auskick? Um, well, this is kind of, it's sort of in like Essendon's recruiting zone. Uh-huh. It's a Melbourne suburb begins with the letter F. Famous, uh, famous for horse racing. Flemington. What was the common theme of his school report card? Easily distracted, distracts <laughs> others. Correct. <laughs> Every fucking week. <laughs> I mean, that's a gimme. That's a gimme question each week. That's for your AFL recruiters, though, right? Yes. Surely they've got to be scouring around the country <laughs> looking for people who are easily distracted and distract others and recruiting them onto AFL lists. Uh, did he have a part-time job while in school? Mm. Yes. No. I'm surprised mm-hmm. by that. I reckon it like a – I mean, he would have been 1.5 metre Peter, I imagine, mm. or you know, maybe 1.2 metre Peter. But, like, there were a lot of uses for a tall kid, like stacking shelves and stuff like that. I would have thought so, right? Anything to do with high stuff. Trimming trees. Uh, put the kid to work. <laughs> and he would have been skinny too, so he could probably clean right. a chimney. Just hold him by the ankles. I was <laughs> 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 a chimney sweep. They're like a little urchin. No, literally they used me to sweep a chimney. <laughs> just wrapped me in a fur coat and just stuck me down the chimney. Uh, which team, teammate should run for mm. office in the future? I'm not familiar okay. with this guy. All right. Um, his first name is Tom. His last name, the opposite of his last name is to, would be Sola. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the opposite of his last name is Sola. So, so la. Um, is it Lasso? Ted Lasso. <laughs> Tom Cutler. Is cut the and so the opposite of cut? I don't know. Oh, man. Um, who's the best storyteller at your club? Uh, this guy, you could say, might also go to Washington. Um, so Devin Smith. No, um, this guy, uh, oh, actually, no. I'm trying to think of, he's a famous Hollywood actor from like the 30s and 40s. Um, ah, come on. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll see you, Jay. Oh, I went to Washington and, and I'm just an ordinary guy. I went to Washington and I talk yeah, like this. Jimmy something. Jimmy yeah, James Stewart. Stewart. James Stewart. Yeah, James but Stewart. by the way, Devin Smith's not a bad answer because the movie was called Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. I know. But when you said that, I was like, oh, fuck, that's right. What was the name? Right. <laughs> I got con- but I got confused. Uh, who's the best social outing organiser at the Bombers? Uh, mm. you could, I reckon you could tell by looking at this dude. Oh, okay. Uh, Guelphie. Oh yeah, I would that yeah no yeah in the same yeah in the same kind of uh, has the same kind of flair. Uh, like. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, you mentioned him earlier. 
in the pod. Oh, did I? I mentioned him earlier in the pod. Yeah, as in like a, a fan might come dressed like him. Oh, okay. Yeah, Sam Draper. Sam Draper. Uh, I the get most that. tech savvy teammate is someone that we just mentioned in the last three questions. Uh, Devin Smith. <laughs> Opposite <laughs> of so. Cutler. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay, rate your cooking skills from one to five. Okay, interesting. Five. Good or close, four. Um, his best dish, uh, it's like a a Tex, you know, like a Tex-Mex kind of favorite. Yeah, okay. So like uh, burritos, nachos, uh, quesadilla. Like a smoked beef ribs. Uh, okay, all right. What was his worst cooking disaster in the same kind Blew of- up a barbecue. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, I know this is a, 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 a... Gordon Ramsay hates people who do this when it comes to steak. Oh, uh, uh, overcooked his steak? Well done, steak. Yep. That's his worst cooking disaster. Mm-hmm. Does two-meter Peter swing a golf club or a tennis racket or neither? Mm, interesting. Because I always think we're tall people that it's neither. <laughs> you say this but... every week. <laughs> And then I'm always wrong. So yeah. I'm going to say that he, um, tennis. Oh, golf, golf. No. We had Ivan Soldo last week and you used the same rationale and you were like, I don't think that he, I don't think he would play, you know, and then he played tennis and now you should have yeah. just gone the other direction and gone golf. I know, but I learned, see, I, I, that was me trying to, like, I'm one like an AI trying to become sentient. Yeah, I've right. learned from last week, I was like, tall guys, that was what was going on yeah. in my head. I was like, Soldo, tall guy, played tennis. I bet bloody two metre Peter plays tennis, but no, golf apparently. Does Two Meter Peter ever use Dr. Google to diagnose an illness yes. or injury? No. Ah, Can Two Meter Peter keep a secret? <clears throat> uh, no. Yes. Oh, you don't know <laughs> Two Meter Peter at all. I don't. You and you don't. know what? I am fine with that. You know? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I think I'd like Two Meter Peter. Oh, I do not. There's Peter. something about Two Meter Peter that just does oh, not gel really? with me. Yeah. Really? That's yeah. unusual. That's a that's a bit of a headline. That's a, that's Will gone old cane corns on two meter yeah. Peter. I mean, he something might... about that guy. It's just something about him that I, don't trust. I can just see now. Firstly, do... he's not two meters two meters tall. It is a misleading moniker. What else is he lying about? Two meter Peter. Oh, geez, I feel like a, a Will goes whack coming up. Um, what's his idea of a perfect day? Um, pretty simple. Um, mm. He just likes to go to a location and yep. then he likes to do a fairly common thing. <laughs> go and have God. a shit. He, go, he goes to like dinner, goes to like eat a meal at a nice restaurant. Goes yeah, to good, re- good food. I'll give you that good one. Food. That's good food. And, and then good good friends. Hanging <laughs> out beach. with my friends. He likes to be at the beach. Oh, I would okay. not have thought Peter Wright was a beach no. guy being a pale... Red sash on black flying pale to meter, Peter. And yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. Um, something he's proud of, hmm. and let me just say this: like sometimes, uh, if a player has kids, he'll mention his kids, and I'm like, okay, yep. that makes sense. You're proud of your kids. Mm-hmm. This is in the same realm, but it's a little. Mm. I mean, it's heartwarming, yeah. and I'm sure he's sincere. But I always feel it's weird to say that you're proud of like your niece, your niece or nephew, his sisters. Oh, okay. That's, I mean, yeah. but like, do you take any, I guess you can be proud of them with, 
actually having no influence or maybe he has had an influence on their lives. Maybe he's yeah. teaching them to grow very tall. I mean, I'm, I'm proud of my brother and my sister. So I, I, I actually don't think that's... I think, you know what? I think this says more about you, Charlie, than it does... Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not proud of any of my family members. In fact, I'm ashamed of anything. Guilty and ashamed. No. I love my family. Uh, now, this is the one... Okay question that i've been building towards yeah this has been a shock by the way i've i've got i've got i've got none of these right so what and i'm going to give you no clues because i just want you to just sit on this and then i think it'll come to you because it's a mind bender right (laughs) what is peter wright's biggest fear what is peter wright's biggest fear so he's tall is it to do with him being tall? Is it like hitting his head on things or like bumping into What's things? More simple. You're like... in the right area, but it's very simple. Very common fear. Um, a very common fear falling over, getting hit by low-flying planes. <laughs> <laughs> Peter writes, two-meter Peter, yeah. his biggest fear is heights. 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 <laughs> He's afraid of heights. Oh. I mean, poor guy. <laughs> the, minute he, the minute he stands up, he's terrified. It explains a lot about him, actually. You know, maybe that's the vibe I've been getting from him. Is like when he sits down, he seems like a to- totally normal guy. But then the minute he stands up, there's just this look of fear in his eyes. And I always thought it had to do with playing AFL football, but it's just heights. He's terrified. <laughs> And maybe he's he's scared of like a low flying aircraft. Maybe that's why he's afraid of heights. I mean, particularly at the hangar. I mean, you know, he's playing at the wrong team. If <laughs> you're worried about low flying aeroplanes, uh, if he could play one instrument, what would it be? Uh, okay. Oh, look, um, spent a lot of piano recently, but I'm going to say guitar. Correct. All right. I think it's just your first right answer. <laughs> I think like it is. It. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, what TV series are you binge watching? This is uh, a very this is This is the moment, by the way, that Hamish McLaughlin would have fucking torn up his stat sheet where yeah. he was like, this is the deepest that we'd ever got into in one of these without Will getting any answer right. <laughs> uh, it's a long-running uh, American yeah. sitcom it's his favourite show. Streaming, yeah. Modern sitcom. Well, uh, The Office. The, US the Office. And the best movie of all time. Oh. And again, this is like, this is the new Shawshank Redemption for the this Dark generation. The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Correct. Well, you know what? Yeah. I think if you carry that form into next week, that you've yeah. got a lot to work with there. You junk sort of came good in the last Junk quarter. time goals. That's what yeah, I got. Yeah, jagged a couple jagged yeah. a couple junk time goals to get your confidence yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, got the confidence up, but it's false hope. That's what I'm getting out of this one. <laughs> Uh, we're going to get to the mailbag in a sec, Will. But before we do that, we should let people know that we have a bunch of other podcasts. In fact, yes. you can find them all at tofop.com. We do one called Tofop, which is kind of like this. Will and I are chatting about stuff uh, uh, stuff and things. Oh, what stuff a great fucking sales pitch that is. Uh, what did we talk about this week? Oh, AI. That's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Google, uh, a Google employee has been sacked for saying that um, AI has become sentient. So we dip into an article on that. Uh, you were having a chat to a great comedian, Ben Russell, on Fofop. Is that right? Very, very funny guy, Ben Russell. So that uh, will be up by the time you hear this at tofop.com as well. 
Uh, and I'm just going to go to our mailbag. If you want to send us a message, you can. You can go to tofop.com and there's a little contact form there. So all you need to do is just drag that down and select two guys, one cup, and you can send us a message. A lot of people wanting to talk about like, has Bailey Smith been hard done by? I think it's all been dealt with quite well. Like I think there has been a lack of pearl clutching and everyone's moved on. And I think that's what we want from the Bailey Smith outcome, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's been hand- handled really well. That's that's uh, I think on on all ends, and I think all the punishments seem to be about appropriate, and I think there's a good path forward. There were some people who I noticed who were making the argument of going, oh, look at what happened to Willie Rioli versus look at what happened to Bailey Smith. This is again about systematic racism within the AFL. Uh, I believe that there is some racism within the AFL, but. I think in this instance, the thing that, that the only perspective on that is that Willie Rioli replaced a sample in in a performance enhancing like test. That was the that was the you know. So it, it was a different scenario, you know. In, the cover up was worse than the crime, you might say, Will. Yeah, indeed. But yes, Willie Rioli should not have missed that amount of time for like smoking some weed. I absolutely agree with that as well. Uh, this is from someone who calls themselves Mount Franklin. He sent us a link to this article that from a couple of weeks ago now. But did you see this about North Melbourne sort of shifting? Oh, getting rid of the shinbone and spirit. Yeah. Dialing down the prominence of the face, shinbone and spirit, and the name North Melbourne instead using the fighting spirit and yeah. the kangaroos. This no is good. baffling Do not to like me. it. Especially to this podcast where we love the shin bonus spirit. And I think that's one of your greatest selling points. But it's I can understand the-, the idea of moving away from North Melbourne. It's like the Western Bulldogs. You want to sort of give it, make it more inclusive. Right. But don't get rid of the shin bonus spirit. That's the one thing you got going for you. Or is the, we speculated this a little bit, that the supplies of shin bonus spirit might be running dry I down so. at North Melbourne, right? Yeah, it feels definitely. like we're seeing it on the field. And there is a chance that literally they're running out of Shimbona spirit. So maybe this is why they've had to rebrand. You know, they're like they're like one of the old energy companies that have to get into renewables. Like they yeah. can't just get <laughs> something to rain. Yeah, the Shinbona spirit like mine is running dry. Um, okay, this is uh, from Red Shoes uh, saying, Fox Footy saying that the Ds could miss the eight. What do you think of the odds of that happening? Uh, unlikely. Slim. I think they're a, I think they're a good team. Yeah. Um a brain the lightning wants to know when we're going to do a crow's pocket profile next week sure i'll book it in and then watch me forget uh this is child's play he says arson Kilda and sydney losing on the weekend red, massive red flags i think the st kilda loss was a massive red flag sydney lost to port adelaide adelaide oval i don't think is as big a red flag i just think it's a very even competition this year i think there's 12 teams trying to fit into eight finals positions and it's just unfortunate that, you know, the, one of the years that St Kilda is potentially a finalist is the year that 11 other teams are also potential finalists. Oh, I know. I mean, the fact that, I, like, the Gold Coast could make the finals would normally excite me, except that if Gold Coast make the finals, it probably means my team hasn't made the finals. <laughs> uh, Julie uh, Ten says, how awesome to uh, the Gold Coast to see Alex Davies' grandpa coming from oh, Japan yes. to see them win and to Did join Did you say this? That, yeah, heartwarming. Beautiful. Unreal. So apparently yeah. he loves AFL, like has like watches heaps of games, has really got into the game and all that sort of stuff. Has come out, 
like his grandsons kicked the goal and then there is footage of him and Stewie Jew in the yeah. changing rooms hugging. like hugging and then doing the little goal signal to yeah, each other. The international language, the umpire goal signal. And then granddad gets in the circle and sings the song with him. Uh, Trevi Boy says, you've got to watch the Tom Liberatore interview with Best on Ground. Trust me, I did catch bits of that. I sort of feel weird about going to another ostensibly comedy football show and then just taking their best comedy bits and playing it on our show. But fair to say, Liber is a good media performer. He's, yeah. he's, I, I look forward to whatever he decides to do after football. He's comfortable in his own skin, isn't he? he yeah. Like, early on, there was obviously, you know, he is a bit you know different to some of the other footballers who are in the the league and you know he has a different sense of humor and a different way of speaking and you know they're probably a bit of a different lifestyle i feel mm. like he's just grown up and accepted those bits of him and now that's what makes him i mean i he is an unreal footballer like he mm. is when he is playing well the bulldogs are a much much better team because there is something that he can do on that football field where he just grabs that ball and like I've never seen anyone have more of he almost has a cartoonish like way of starting running fast in that he leans yeah. down low and goes like it's a real, you're like oh here he goes <laughs> look at this <laughs> <laughs> um, he also contradicted our rule of never make fun of John O'Brown in that interview yeah uh, you know, uh, Brownie was sort of giving him some shit about the Bulldogs staying on the ground for like 20 minutes after the match and, you know, going over and shaking hands yeah. with all the fans. And Libba just gave it straight back to Brownie and said, oh, yeah, we'd like to give back to the people, a concept you're probably unfamiliar with, Brownie. Yeah. <laughs> like, probably a good thing this is like via satellite. <laughs> you wouldn't want to be in the same city saying that to Brownie, would you? But also, that's the sort of thing that Libba can get away with, right? Libba can say that to Brownie. You and I can't yeah. say that to Brownie. <laughs> And did I imagine this, or was it? Did Jonathan Brown put you in a headlock yeah. when we were at? That's we right. We went to an, an after night party. Club. For, the after party yeah. of the footy show live show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, I, I remember. I somehow got tickets to the footy show big live extravaganza, and I was like, "Oh, Charlie, we've got to go to this. We've got to go <laughs> and like see what this is like." And then we ended up at the after party at Eve Nightclub, the very famous AFL players nightclub that had been like turned into a private party for the evening. And late in the evening, I was at the urinal. And while I was at the urinal, Jonathan Brown got me in a headlock to tell me that he enjoyed <laughs> my work, but like, but yeah. in a headlock. It was giving you a compliment. It was yeah. a very confusing set <laughs> it of was events. Really confusing. <laughs> uh, uh, Keegs wants to know this year, I finally accepted the phase of Saints supporter grief. Look, I get it, Saints fans. It sucks. And we really shouldn't have lost that game. But I just think everyone is freaking out a little too hard. I saw. Uh, one guy's uh, saying, um, uh, 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 Nick Splitter, who uh, does the Unplugged podcast, saying that he was so devastated he hasn't been able to watch any other football all week. And it's like, mate, it's okay. Let's just wait to see how the year pans out. I will more than happily join in the kind of mourning and the self-flagellation if we don't make finals. But there's still a long, long way to go just yet. Uh, Ash... Ashby Ash Ash D33 says, why is Shy Bolton showboating worse than jumper punching? I don't know that it was considered worse. I think the only person that had a problem with it was Dimmer. Dimmer. I think everyone else seemed to think it was kind of funny and cool, and mm. I'm all for it. I love that kind of shit. Also, I'm not even sure that Dimmer had a problem with it. I felt like Dimmer... Dimmer almost... Like, Dimmer's got a little bit of Kane Corns, Cameron Ling, 
Jared Waitley fever, where he just was right. like, here's my hot take. It was no yeah. good, and it's against yeah. our brand, and then never mentioned it again to Bolton. It was like, whatever, mate. You do what you want to do. I thought it was fun. I, I love that sort of stuff. It's super entertaining, and I think Dimmer probably knows that, A, it's super entertaining in that moment, but, B, you don't want it to become a pattern of something that happens every week, so you've got to go out there and say, oh, it's terrible, and it's not the way yeah. we play our footy, and blah, blah, blah. But Well, I thought he was like, Teammates were the that were, gave the most accurate mm. assessment, like Camden McIntosh, and I think Nick Loston said, "Look, yeah, it's fine, but mm. like last week he missed one from the goal square, <laughs> so yeah. like maybe twenty, you know, with twenty minutes to go on the quarter is not the time to start yeah. doing that kind of stuff." But also, it was pretty fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, I remember Leon Davis did it to Stephen Milne in a game uh. against Collingwood, and. He did it like when he was 60 metres from goal. Like he just like gathered the ball out of the centre square and was like showing it to Milne the whole way from the centre square. And I was like, oh, this is pretty confident. Like you'd want to drill it from here. He did, unfortunately. But I remember when I was playing junior football and so my cousin Stuart Anderson, who ended up playing at North Melbourne and Freo, he was playing on the other team and he was like their best player. And we had like our equivalent of him on our team. It was kind of our sort of gun midfielder. And our gun midfielder had a lot of lair about him. And so he's in the middle of the ground and he does the, like, it was the balk, you know, the, but he did yeah. the big wide ball out one side. And I still to this day remember Stuart just grabbing the ball out of his hand and <laughs> fucking off down the field. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, well, I guess that, that is an option. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, over to Twitter. If you want to send us a message on Twitter or Instagram, you can at Two Guys One Cup mm. AFL. This is from Discount Dracula. St Kilda's wonderful tribute to Spuds match was impersonating potatoes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think it was. Uh, yeah. The bizarre thing about that game too was in the third quarter we came out and we kicked five goals in seven minutes. So clearly, mm. like it wasn't a question of ability; it was a question of effort and desire. But it's amazing to have kicked five goals in a row to level the scores, and then. We just let Essendon kick the next six mm. goals of the quarter. It was it's a weird game. It was a very weird game. Yeah. Um, LBD2016CG. Does any player barrack as hard for the team as Cody Waitman does when he's on the sidelines? Yeah, he's a he's a he's an interesting character, little Cody Waitman. I mean, tagging on the back of that, uh, April uh, says, "Is Cody Waitman really a fraggle?" And she's attached a GIF of one of the fraggles. And my God, the resemblance is astounding. <laughs> He is, you know what? At the moment, not that I want to point this out, like in a in in a bad way. He's like his skin's rough at the moment. Like he's still a really young man, and he's got like some like acne and stuff. And I always think that must be like you know you're going out there to play and to have people like look at you and stuff. And it's just it, that must be tough. But then he. That first half was the best first half of football I think I've seen him play since he's been at the Bulldogs, and then to see his elbow completely out of place i just like okay oh. well he'll obviously not be able to come back on the field the fact that he got it strapped back up that he went back out there and he was like flying for contests and like laying tackles it felt like one of those games where that might have been like i mean he's been a good player for us for a long time now but it felt like he graduated to a different level in that game it was actually really inspiring to watch and Absolutely right about barracking on the sidelines. He is mm. the number one Bulldogs fan. <laughs> they should make him the number one ticket holder because no one loves the Bulldogs as much as Cody Waitman. 
I can't watch any of those injury videos. Like him getting no. his fucking elbow or shoulder put back in. That poor Suns player who had a double lower leg break. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like there's some people who really enjoy or like <laughs> get fascinated by watching those injuries. I fucking hate them. Like if I see an injury happen live and they go to the slow-mo replay, I have to yeah. turn away. There's something about it that it's – I don't know if I'm too empathetic or whatever, but I just fucking feel – it makes my stomach turn. Oh, I, I've noticed that they don't – they, they do a lot more warnings of it these days. Right. We, we don't need a close-up of that or we've seen that already. We don't need to see it again, which I actually think is the right approach. If people want to go and find it, fine. But, but yeah, like Waitman's elbow was – it was not where it was meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. what I will say. I'm not a doctor, but it was certainly not where – if someone came in to me and said, hey, do you reckon this elbow is where it's meant to be? I'd be like, no, nah, that is definitely not where it's meant to be, mate. I just think like playing with injury – you know, the, every team has players who are carrying injuries. Like, I, just the mental toughness <laughs> to be able to do that. Like, if I have like a, I wait, I woke up with a strained buttock four days ago. I don't even know how it happened, and I was like, oh, this is going to ruin my day. I can barely sit down to work on my computer. <laughs> but then, oh, yeah. Imagine having to jog like or jog sprint fifteen k's. If I dislocated my elbow riding a fucking joke on my computer, I'd be have <laughs> three months off. Sorry, can't. <laughs> All right, that is the end of the mailbag. Thank you to everyone for listening. Um, we'll try and do our tips every yeah, Thursday, sorry. Instagram Live, 5pm. Uh, we'll try again this week. Uh, the best way to know if we're going to do it is I will normally put something on the story saying we're going to do it, but then it's a bloody crapshoot when it happens. Mm. We'll try our best. We'll try our best. Uh, but thank you, everyone, who has signed up the listener app and is listening. The numbers have been good, and you're telling your friends. If uh, you want to check out other podcasts, you can at tofop.com. But for now, play on, not 15. Ball. We are two guys, one car. Listener.